Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge and any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander listeners um, tuning into the program via whatever means, live, podcast, repeat, streaming, etc. or on demand. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, out of the pan, eight, um, 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Look for the posts on Facebook, 3CR um, on my page, Sally Goldner um, AM, and out of the pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions on this show are my own and resemblance to opinions living or dead is purely coincidental. Um, opened up today um, with um, Alison Moyer, Invisible, which seems um, hey, there was some planning into this show. We'll find out why in a second. Um, I'm where I am um, with... Um, um, three, three people, um, three um, sort of companions in the studio, being Tabitha T Tiger, Terry Tiger, and Tigger, um, and Yellow and Black. Um, but also full credit to Geelong, an amazing side, and um, all the best for Gary Ablett Jr. in his future. Um, and I'll be joined on the Zooms because sometimes in the LGBTIQA plus communities, um, there is invisibility of various sorts. And, um, well, tomorrow is Intersex Awareness Day, but we're right starting, as this program goes live to on the 25th of October, the start of what is now called Ace Week. And I'm joined on the Zooms by two ace people. There'll be plenty of those sorts of puns, and they're going to work today. Um, please welcome to the 3CR Airwaves, hoping I've got the technology right, Jackie Pillar, and, and oh, I'll get you how you want to be um, referred to in full, Nikki. Um, Jackie, first up, welcome. Nikki Vivica. Nikki Vivica and Hi. <laughs> and we'll just get some more volume going here. This is live radio, people of all genders. Um, Hi, great. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, and thanks. And any and all ace puns are welcome. This is good. <laughs> Encouraged this week. And Nikki, while I have I you, that. <laughs> Nikki, while I have you, two things. Can I clarify which pronouns you use, if any, if you're okay to do that, and also um, which lands you may be on. And which um, Aboriginal lands? Um, I'm on Wurundjeri land as well. And Jackie, which pronouns and which lands are you on? Yeah, I'm Wurundjeri lands and I'm a they, them. Which gives us a diverse... I'm on Wurundjeri lands and I'm they, them. Fair enough. So we've got a diverse range of guests on the show, which is what we like for what is now called Ace Week, covering um, asexual and aromantic all points in between and around and other non-binary examples thereof, because that's what we do on this, like to do on this show, um, which is of great importance. Um, but um, I might start just to get us rolling a bit, and um, unfortunately we can't flip coins when we're not in the studio together, so I'll pick, I'll pick sort of want someone to go first, um, so no one wants to go first, but... Um, Perhaps I'll get one of you to just talk a little bit about um, your journey in the past, where it is now, and well, who knows where it might be in the future, um, in um, in Ace stuff, and I'll pick a person and go with Nikki. Hi, uh, sure. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been I've been at Ace for a few years. Um, it was quite a long journey getting there to, to the point of coming out. I think because most, for most of my life I didn't know that it was a thing. I'd never heard the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd always, I'd always felt that, like, there wasn't a word for me. Um, I used to, I'm what, sort of what I described, <laughs> I, called, I recently called myself a Neapolitan queer, by which I mean I'm three layers of queer. Um, I'm transgender, I'm asexual, and I also include bi in there because I identified as bi for most of my early life. Um, but when I was, because when I was younger, I was very aware of sort of not, um, of not liking sex, of not wanting sex. I would, uh, avoid it, um, as much as I could. So even in relationships and people would be pressuring me to have sex, I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but there wasn't a word to express why I felt like that. 
and it was always a thing that I felt like I had to make myself get over, like I had to make myself get used to sex. I went and saw doctors about it. I had a whole bunch of things which um, which went with that. And certainly at the time, like when, um, when I was growing up uh, in the 90s, it was... Uh, it was also hard to identify as queer without being mm. involved in, in sex. Um, you know, I was, a lot of people didn't know that I identified as bi at the time because I didn't tell a lot of people because that was associated with being, you know, people would assume you're having lots of sex if you told them they were bi, they would assume you were being promiscuous. And just like, well, no, that's not. So a lot of people didn't know. It made it hard to get access to, um, to the spot I needed for being trans because that was all that was all hidden within the queer community, which sort mm. of involved going to these big sexy parties and stuff, which wasn't my scene at all. Um, so after, after a few years of that, I had sort of, um, sort of like went into a, a, a straight passing relationship at, at the time, which was basically I found uh, somebody who had a connection with who didn't pressure me about sex and with whom like I didn't mind being intimate when whereas before I'd always kind of hated it. Uh, and then I really, really clung to that relationship because it's just like, oh my God, and I'm actually in a relationship with someone and it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And even though I sort of like was resistant to the idea of being in a relationship and took a lot of convincing at the same time, I was like, well, there's not going to be anyone else because I know if I go back out, dating again um it'll be like it was before uh and it'll be actually confronting and and sort of scary um so after that relationship broke up it was about nine years ago so now um then I just didn't I just didn't date again I had no interest in dating and people get that thing where like after you after you've just been in a big relationship they're really eager for you to date and they're just waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> they're waiting for you to get into another relationship <clears throat> then they start getting worried about you. Oh, and I, was, but I found that the less I worried about it, the better I felt about myself. I'm just like, no, I'm enjoying this. I'm really enjoying not needing to date and not needing to meet people and not needing to do any of that. So then it was I discovered the word asexual around about them um, in an interview with a comedian, Janine Garofalo, she was talking about it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a thing. And then I got on Tumblr and I looked it up and... Once I found other ace people, I was very, I was very quick to come out and let people know. And it was just like, okay, so I just saw it and just felt like, yes, yes, that's me. And unequivocally, absolutely know that. Compared to how like sort of sneaky I was about um, talking about gender stuff or, um, you know, uh, identifying as bi as I had before. It's like once I was ace, I'm like, oh no, this is me. I'm going to get my flag and I'm going to fly that proudly and, um, and then I sort of I sort of came out to people on stage a bit. I just did a show with asexual in the title and people came mm. along just thinking it was a pun. It was called Asexual Healing and people go like, oh, this is a this sounds like a funny pun. And they came along and got an hour of me talking about my sexuality and um, it came out to all my friends that way. So there's a long journey. Jackie, um, let's um, get um, your story because I'm beginning. I got a couple yeah. of themes that came from. Nikki's story, but um, yours is, of course, every story is equally valid. Let's hear yours in this area. <laughs> Jackie. I, I, I probably need to open by saying that, um, like Nikki, I had that experience of watching someone else perform about asexuality or listening to them in this case and going, oh, yes. And that person that was performing was Nikki. <laughs> so, um, and I had been on a similar long journey and when Nikki was talking, I was nodding and cheering. I had to mute the microphone um, because it was very much similar to my experience. And then, of course, I was in the military in the 80s, which is another part of my life that people quite can't quite unpack. And, of course, the way that, you know, like sex and alcohol is sort of, almost sex, alcohol and swearing are endemic too. You, you can't be a military person without those things, you know. So I, I spent a lot of probably to my 30s and I began questioning in my 30s. And, again, I was, you know, grew up 70s, 80s, 90s, 
there was no language for this. You know, we didn't have a, a central point of reference. And doctors looked down their nose at you and put, you know, and during, I, I, I had a traditional marriage, which was, I look back on, I wrote a blog piece called The Bride's Tears recently um, about that. And, you know, I remember a doctor saying, you know, like being very concerned about me because something completely wrong about with me. Um, and, and me going, well, actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with me, but, oh, well, here we are. So had a course of hormones at one point aimed at um, trying to get me to be more sexual and in, in an actual fact it being my social circumstances that were the problem, not me. Uh, and then moving on, in my 30s, I started to go on Buddhist retreats and study Buddhism. I'm very careful to say that this is not part of my cultural heritage, but it's something that a lot of us, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Anglo-Saxon, white Anglo-Saxon people do. And for three years, I chose to be celibate, and it was called celibate. And about six months in, someone said to me, this is in my mid-30s, how are you going with the no sex thing? I'm like, I love it. And <laughs> people just thought I was, you know, again, concerned, worry. And then probably in my 40s, again, a period of questioning and then just doing what makes me feel comfortable and good. And that, and I came out at Ace probably about a year ago. Um, and again, Nikki's fabulous poem that, that she wrote about the phenomena and the feelings of it. Um, I, I miss on seeing it live, but you sent me a recording and I was so grateful because it's like, yeah, this is, it's, you know, and it's, it's that, and for me, performance has opened up a lot of understanding about my own body, being in my body when I perform. Uh, and that meant, I think there's so much pressure on us from a societal point of view to conform to a particular idea about what is sex or what it is meant to mean to us, that often we, we put, we're not in our bodies. We're not feeling what feels okay. You know, we're all in our heads. Um, so performance and comedy improv and all of the stuff that I do around gender and disability helps me to be more in my body and more in touch with what I, who I am. So, yeah, and that, that was part of the journey too, parallel. is but So it's interesting, but... Yeah, I credit Nikki's poem as part of that. So there you go. Yeah. Look. Oh, my God, that's so touching, Jackie. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <clears throat> we said there'd be puns, but here's one that is a pun in seriousness. I, I, you know, I just think that you are two ace people. And I, I'm, I'm going to be quite authentic. When I interviewed you over a year ago on this show, Nikki, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, it was your saying how, you know, since you've been coming more authentic in all parts of yourself, you're doing better performance, mm. more real performance, was very encouraging for me to do more performance again. So I think there is so much in that. Um, I'll say for, I'd say overwhelmingly for most queer people and probably lots mm. of other people I can't speak for, but I guess there's that thing as well when you can be authentic and put it to some sort of creativity is huge. We've had a message in from Kayleen, one of our, um, we don't have regular listeners on this show, recurring and amazing listeners. Um, and um, Kayleen said, hearing words and definitions or acronyms or shortenings had to look up ACE that we can relate to or recognise makes such a big difference. And I think that's so important for all of us in all of these things. But there is this recurring theme of pressure um, that you know seems to be coming through so strongly for you both. Um, which is quite, um, you know, in incredible. And I, I, the, there's a sort of paradox here. One of my dear, dear friends who's a major, um, who's been a you know, pioneer in Australia in the world of polyamory, um, which, of course, doesn't have to be sexual relationships, can be emotional, um, and Hunter, who also works in sex positivity, which doesn't mean having more sex. It just means having respectful and safe sex if you want to. She said once on, on an interview that we live in a society that's sex-obsessed and sex-negative. What a dysfunctional combination. And the paradox is that yourselves as ace, um, and we'll come to what it means, I might, we might ask um, at some point what, more about what that means for you, but also the pressure to be monogamous, have sex in a certain way. There's all this pressure to conform. And it seems there's a theme there, so I'll, I'd like to explore the pressure 
Um, gosh, why didn't I pull out a Billy Joel song for today? Um, <laughs> um, because it didn't have ace in it. All the other tracks that if I need to play them have have ace in them. There's a hint. Um, listen carefully, listeners and um, guests. But, Jackie, I'll ask you first just to go into a little more detail about that pressure factor and then we'll have a chat to Nikki about it and what that was like. You know, we've got a bit of it. Let's go a bit further. For me, I entered into, you know, traditional relationships that were were destructive and, in fact, violent and unhealthy mm. uh, because I was so seen as, as something inherently wrong with me. It was, you know, like, and, and, and everyone knows that I, jar, do, I do humour about very dark topics, so content warning, um, you know, is that, there's a there's an old expression and you hear the, the ridiculous expressions you hear in the military, but you know if if you, if you don't like sex, you're doing it wrong. Well, no, <laughs> you don't like sex. You don't like sex. Mm. <laughs> um, but, but I also think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really interesting because what it, back to that expression, I then explored all different ways. You know, like I, I say in this blog post quite openly from BDSM to kink to tantric, you know, and then when none of this works, <laughs> all of this is, is um, and again, there's, a, there's an association that doesn't mean that we don't enjoy certain things. We will, of course, you know, we're not, you know, or I'm not, and a lot of us aren't, you know, we're out sold as robots. <laughs> yeah. But that pressure to sort of that whole thing about, oh, well, this is a baseline thing for every human. And I don't, I think that, I don't think that's sex positive. I think that's sex negative to say that everybody should mm-hmm. have sex. I think, I think that's sex negative too. Um, yep. So, yeah. So that's what it did for me is it, it, is it, I felt like I entered relationships um, on the premise of that I was, I just needed to try harder and of course, those relationships weren't authentic, and then it, you know they ended up being unhealthy. Yeah, and at times violent. Yeah, which parallels to what you know gays and lesbians went through for so long. You know, trying to do heterosexual relationships and so on. Do want to mention that if there is anything on the program that is um, distressing for anyone, it may come up. Um, not likely, but we did have you know and can happen to be authentic. Have authentic conversations. You can call QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, on 1800 184 And the With Respect line um, here in Victoria for LGBTIQA plus people, 1800 542 um, both out there for our communities. Um, Nikki, your thoughts on the concept of pressure, including pressure to conform? Oh, yeah, well, because when, when, um, when I grew up, I grew up in the country, up in Queensland, and mm. it was it was sort of just assumed that everyone would go into a heterosexual relationship, and if you didn't, there was something something wrong with you. Um, I just kind of avoided it, but you know, I felt I felt a lot of guilt about that. I felt a lot of insecurity about that um, because I'm like everyone else is getting interested in sex and dating and stuff like that, and I'm just like mucking around completely, staying away from it, and people would hit on me and I'd get uncomfortable and have to leave parties and stuff like that because I couldn't deal with it at that point. Um, and But then when I did, like the first the first time I did um, have any sort of intimacy with someone, it was a case that they got me drunk to do it, uh, mm-hmm. which is a very common, a very common Queensland experience, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, Queensland. Um, but... It was that was that was pretty common back then, and then I just sort of thought, well, oh God, am I am I dating this person? Do I have to have feelings for this person now? It was actually very confusing. Like I felt I was in a, uh, I hadn't wanted to be in the situation, but then once I was in it, I sort of didn't know how to get out of it. Um, and that was true of a lot of my early relationships. People would want to be in a relationship with me. I didn't really want it back, but I was like, well. I'm not seeing anything, I'm not seeing anyone else, I'm not doing anything else. Who am I to actually say no to them if they want it that much? Um, and so, yeah, I, certainly when I was a teenager or early 20s, you know, that youth period, 
um, I felt I was in relationships or sexual situations with people just because they wanted it. And I didn't feel I had the power to to really say no to someone. Um, and, you know, you do get, you do get a lot of those, a uh, lot of the slurs and the negative words. People, uh, people often don't, don't realise how, um, how prevalent that, that aphobia is there, but with people saying like, you know, words like frigid or, mm. you know, cold as ice, one partner described me. Because <laughs> um, I just like switched off in the middle of them trying to be intimate with me and just like went, uh, couldn't do it. Um, and so, yeah, you, you do grow up with a lot of sense of that. As I said, I did, um, there's a lot of, uh, pressure to feel like it's a medical issue. I remember I went in to see doctors about it um, and they did do that thing of recommending, oh, take these, take these supplements, whatever, these will help you get libido. And then I was like, well, then they're the last thing I'm taking because that sounds like it, something I don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, if there had been awareness of ACE at the time, I would have been able to just dump on it because it was it was so very clear in, in retrospect. Um, but, yeah, I do... Uh, a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of that pressure from society, but a lot of that pressure comes from from yourself as well. Very cool. um, and from feeling that, you know, from feeling that you need to, to do it. I think where, like where you're talking about sex positivity and, and sex negativity is important because part of the thing is you don't realise, or at least I didn't, I didn't realise how different my feelings were to everyone else's. Um, mm-hmm. I thought everyone was kind of making it up when they said that they enjoyed sex. I was in my 30s before I realised that people actually enjoyed sex. I thought it was just a thing that people said to sound cool. Um, and because we don't talk about sex, I remember being in, you know, being in a straight passing relationship and it was really hard to actually talk about the sex that we were having or increasingly not having Um in the relationship because it wasn't done and it was seen that, you know, me wanting to talk about sex was seen as like weird. Um, a lot of, a lot of people in, uh, straight relationships don't talk about sex and that sex is a thing that they do, but you're not supposed to talk about it. And that Mm. level of sex negativity, it means that you have, there's all these levels of communication gap and, and misunderstandings about sex. Um, if we've been able to talk about sex very honestly and openly from a young age, then I would have worked stuff out a lot, a lot sooner. Um, but, you know, that idea of just even that thing of like, oh, are you enjoying this? What would make this better? We didn't really do that. That wasn't really done. Yeah. And so there was no opportunity to say it. And any time I did say anything like that, people would be like, you're making that up. You're joking. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It's you, you've hit, you've really you know tapped into a you know a, a deep vein there that um, you know you sort of when you are the minority and you in one sense your heart and your gut are saying this is who I am and this is you know this is for both of you um, you know it's hard to listen to that and know it's right when you feel like you you know you're being gaslighted by everyone and almost as you said in a way gaslighting yourselves. Um, you know, getting a you know, we'll say getting information, getting the the labels, um, is you know really important. And thanks to um, one of our listeners who will to say I don't have permission to name, but I will just say well, actually, I will say Hoffler. I think that won't identify who's really loving the discussion and saying it's very fascinating. Um, comes in, it's that gaslighting. But you know, when you manage to turn it around, um, you know, sort of um, what happened. Um, you know, sort of after that, you know, and how, you know, and, and how do you see yourselves, you know, in ter- terms of your identity now? Well, one of the things that I found interesting about coming out um, is it really empowered me about how I relate to sexuality in general. Like, I still don't, uh, I still don't date or um, have intimate relationships with people at all, but. You know, I'm far more, um, a lot of people don't realise that because I'm quite, I'm quite willing to point out guys that I think are hot, um, all things like that, which I would never do before. Like when people saw a comment like that 
would be sexually motivated, I would not say anything. Now that people know that I don't actually intend to have sex with someone, I feel free to talk about it. And so my my connection with my aesthetic opinions about the world is a lot, actually a lot closer. And also on how I um, how I treat myself uh, as a being, as a uh, as a, a physical being, is I was always very kind of quite quite leery of doing anything which might be interpreted as sexual before um, because I didn't want people thinking that I had any actual sexual intent but now that I'm very out and proud ace um, you know I will talk about sexual stuff on stage I do burlesque I do striptease and stuff like that which is you know it's a very sexy art form and I enjoy doing it I enjoy I enjoy all that sort of trappings of sexuality like that Um, but that's I never would have done that if I hadn't come out as ace because I would have I would have thought people would be reading more into it (laughs) And I would have been too scared to do it. So I find that um, the, the level of, I've always been sex positive, but I think the level to which I've lived sex positivity um, and I'm able to talk about sexuality now has improved a lot by just having a surer position, a surer. We might be having some technical difficulties here, listeners of all genders, and I'm trying to fix them live um, because it could be my internet connection and mine alone. Um, oh, so we. Um, you did a bit, but it could also be mine because I've just. Mm-hmm. This is live radio, um, listeners of all genders, um, and you're, I'm madly trying to make sure that I'm connected to both 3CR and my own necessary Wi-Fi. Um, and hopefully going to recharge that. Yes. So hopefully we'll be all right um, one way or another. Um, so, yeah, I, I did drop out there for a bit, Nikki. Um, but oh, I'm sorry. That, no, not at all. Um, um, we'll, we'll blame Malcolm Turnbull or something because he didn't do the right MBN <laughs> or something. That, that, well, let's buck past where we can. Um, so, yeah, look, there is that, um, you know, feeling much more confident and I'll lead in, Jackie, to your thoughts there, but also, um, you know, the thing is you both perform and, you know, do that authentic performance, which is so wonderful, and, you know, um, you know, you bring it in there. And I, want, I really wanted to touch on that both for performance and other parts of your life overall. And I'll go with Jackie first on this. Um, how has it benefited other parts of your life as well to have that sense of, um, authenticity, um, performance, and anything else? I've got a reputation in the comedy world for being the person that wears the, the four-foot-tall velvet genitalia <laughs> on stage. And loving and, it. And, <laughs> and it's interesting because... That's when I first met you was in that vagina jacket. <laughs> Nikki's first memories of me are saying, um, yeah, I won't say that line on the radio. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we are bef- we are at midday yeah, and not after nine o'clock. Damn it! <laughs> probably not, probably not but it's interesting because the reason I came to wear genitalia on stage was because I was so tired of the world measuring everything by what they perceived was what genitalia we had, mm. <laughs> because it's a ridiculous notion. And um, but then you know, like Nikki's done um, some awesome burlesque work and striptease work and. People, you know, I don't know whether you find that, Nikki, whether people find that contradictory to us being ace. Um, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's about that oh. comfort. You know, Nikki was saying that we, we, none of us were comfortable talking about sex in the 70s, 80s and 90s, probably even the early 2000s, unless it was raunchy or over-sexualised. Mm. For me, coming out as ace in the last year has been, well, it's been longer than that, but publicly out. Being identifying as ace for the last, you know, my 40s um, and I'm 50 this year uh, has been, uh, yeah, exactly, like this is who I am. I'm so much more comfortable in my body. I got up on stage dressed as a zombie Marie Antoinette last year for tickets on myself. Sally was part of that showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, just there's this sort of, real level of comfort with my body and who I am and that's come from sort of breaking away from what we both you know we both pointed out that we was 
were questioning, we were internalizing the world's views and, and so, sort of self-sabotaging ourselves with those views and also pushing back at the same time and trying to find space. But I also, I have to say, I don't blame anybody, but sometimes I blame Oprah Winfrey um, because there was a whole series of shows in the 90s about low sex drive in housewives, which <laughs> look how far we've come. So, you know, and I ended up on hormones because I was so desperate in my marriage to, pre to please that I saw an episode on Oprah about the use of hormones for libido and, and off we went to the doctor. And, and it's like, so I think we've come a long way to talking about sex in public TV forums in such a way that's innately medical to now being a bit more social and a bit more outside that medical model and a bit more like, you know, sex is not just the physical act of, um, of you know, the, the, the biggest physical act, let's put it that way, that it's also other things. In and also just understanding that intimacy is different to sex, you know, <laughs> or connected. Sorry, it's not different. It's all in the same thing. But talking people starting to separate issues and, and understand how things relate better over time. So I think that's helped me too as a person because it's like, okay, that was that and this was this and they were connected this way. That yeah, Jackie, that's a, I've had a light bulb moment there that you know, we often talk about, well, we don't talk about sex, and I think we think often of, yes, it would be good if we got, compre we'll say, comprehensive age-appropriate sex ed in schools would be a wonderful thing on so many angles, not just about sex but about respect and all that sort of thing and consent. But at least if adults are talking about it more, whether it's through performance, whether it's through something else that's at least a flying start and i hadn't thought about that way in you know it's that sort of glass half full way so thanks for putting that across i think that's really really important that and well i mean we're talking about it on a worldwide radio show based on um, um from wurundjeri people wurundjeri lands i think that you know hopefully you know this can get out there as well when the podcast goes up i mean you know who knows one person listening to it might get that sense of connection so that's a that's good. Well, there's a light bulb moment for the day, you know, for your for your hostess. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, the thing that I, I wanted to clarify, I mean, and I know there's no model or anything that work you work, you does this perfectly, but um, both of you may be aware of the gender unicorn model with um, its various um, sort of you know levels of um, your sense of gender identity, gender expression, sexual attraction, romantic attraction. And so, you know, you've talked a lot about, you know, the not, inter you know, not, want, not wanting sex, which is fine. But where does the romantic attraction fit in for each of you? I might um, throw to Nikki first. Um, so I'm aromantic, like arrow, so I don't have any yeah. uh, drive to be in a romantic relationship either. Uh-huh. Um, I suppose very, very loosely... Um, my sexuality divides. Uh, I don't have hardly any sexual urges. The sort of sexual attraction I do have tends to be oriented towards men. Um, I don't have very many romantic urges. The romantic relationships I have had have tended to be with women um, just because I get along with women better. And there's something in also in that um, uh, that discrepancy in how it works that has also made relationships sort of just not worth it. Like I, I just, like I don't, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to sound rude on radio, but I, I don't, don't really, I, I don't get a lot of emotional connection with men. I find men difficult to talk. No, to that's fair enough. I relate to. Sorry, men. Sorry, men. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Hashtag not all men, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so that sort of has, like, it's never been, it's never felt worth it to to follow that, like, the very slight amount of sexual attraction I get. And same with, um, uh, same with romantic relationships. Like, I have been in romantic relationships with women, but uh, they tend to fizzle out into friendships after a while, or fizzle out's the wrong word, um, evolve, elevate, move up to the next level, because I think, mm. I think friendship is actually a, a more lasting um, and more significant relationship to have with someone. Um, 
than uh, than intimacy. I think intimacy always blows over. But I would find, like, you know, in my life, I've got a history of getting sort of involved in a romance in air quotes, and then like it just becoming a friendship. And sometimes the other person being a bit confused uh, that now mm. I'm acting like we're just friends um, when they thought it was uh, going in another direction. Um, so, but yeah, I find that as, uh, uh, yeah, I do identify very strongly with that, with that Arrow community um, and Aromantic identity because I just have such little and such fractured desire that it's never been worth pursuing for me. So um, I think in the last decade or so since my relationship broke up, I've had like a handful of, you know, snogs at queer parties just because that's the vibe. <laughs> but like a literal, a literal handful. Um, three to be exact. Uh, exactly three. Um, so it's, uh, it's something that's just like doesn't really feature in my life at all and in fact I forget that other people do it like I know that other people are in relationships but when somebody talks about having met someone and started a relationship I'm like you what you people do this <laughs> it's just it just amazes me I don't know how people find the time or the inclination to do it but you know all all power and love to anyone out there who's doing it who's doing it I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there I'm sitting there like one of those bubble dolls <laughs> Well, well, look, um, we do know that polyamorous people do thank Google calendars and the ability to synchronise them and all that sort of thing. Um, that's been said before. Um, you know, look, um, you know, it's, um, you know, sort of all, you know, all, you know, it's the old story. If you're, if you're being honest with yourself um, and not harming anyone else, then every identity, every way of doing it, you know, of being in being in, you know, having um, that sense of romantic or and or sexual intimacy is valid, and particularly if you're being nice to other people. Jackie, what about yourself in terms of the romantic, you know, the romantic side as well? Because, um, you know, they're, of course, they, the two, sexual and romantic, are not automatically linked in any way. I think I'm just going to say what Nikki said, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very similar. For me, it's like there has been on and off, you know, I, I, I get this sort of romantic attraction that fizzles out. Um, and and, and I, I think I've, when we're talking about that intimacy. I think I express intimacy. I mean, I'm now identifying, I mean, I'm non-binary, but I'm identifying as um, pansexual. And that's because I used to say bye when I was younger, but, again, that whole military model of sex, alcohol and swearing. The only thing that I've taken from that is swearing. Um, You're doing very well, given that we're from noon to one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I don't do much alcohol, you know, much at all either. Um, And, and yeah, that that sort of notion of um, intimacy being, for me, a very intellectual process even. And there's been a few things through this conversation that probably I'm going to process, I think. Um, And I'm probably going to come out with epiphanies tomorrow, so look out, world. Um, (laughs) epiphanies again but yeah about this idea that intimacy for me is not the same as it seems to be for other people but it's still there it's just in a different context and I'm very attracted to people's brains and personalities and and things like that so I don't know whether that that, I I put that under pansexual maybe I'm wrong I know there's some people calling that demisexual is that right um, well, um, demi demisexual is when you generally don't experience sexual attraction, but if you form a strong emotional connection with someone, you can develop sexual attraction. Through them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 so. Yeah. Well, like I, 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 I've not had a um, a sexual relationship with anyone for five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, um, sorry, Jackie. Well, I, I, there was just one thing I was going to add. Yeah, demi, demisexual is there where you need that emo, emotional attention, but um, sapiosexual is attract is attraction to intellect. So you could be sapioromantic too, possibly. Yeah, that's. I've I've been using pansexual because you know I, mm. I there's such a blend of who I'm attracted to. You know, it's such a yeah. it's such a blend, but it, it it's um, the happiest I've been in the last few years has been. Uh, 
you know, not not in that space, and I don't date either. And and when you and Nikki was saying, you know, like I mean, other people are like going into relationships. I've got standard scripts I run that you're like, oh, I'm so excited for you. I can see your nod and smile, nod and smile. Well, thank you. Um, I was going to say, only Nikki and I can see your face at the moment. And I know, glad, glad smile, you described that for the listeners. Smile. Well, look, pan's a good word, you know, um, knowing no boundaries of all, and um, as we do on this show, out of the pan, throw all the ingredients in. Um, <laughs> I think I've got to ask at this point, not that I want to change the subject, we will come and make sure we've got everything covered, but the two of you are performers and we are getting into the, um, heading towards the delayed fringe season. Ah, you should see the look on Jackie's face now, listeners. <laughs> um, you know, and of course it's been such a very, very difficult year for onstage performers, um, you know, a non-existent year or trying to adapt to Zoom, which... You know, is a is a is a challenge amongst other things to not have that direct connection to a live audience and the the vibe, um, as Dennis Denudo would say. But all the same, um, you know, um, are you, I'll ask each each of you the question, then I'll decide on the order. Are you doing anything in Fringe? Um, if so, what? Um, given that Jackie just spoke, Nikki, are, are you up to anything this year? Um, I've sort of I've been quite actually still quite busy with doing stuff. Online uh, during during this time, um, mostly mostly poetry stuff. Oh. Um, so I've kind of put a put a hold on putting up solo shows. My last uh, my last big show was doing the Melbourne Spoken Word and Poetry Festival. However, I will be appearing in the um, No, I'm not washing your dirty plates festival, uh, <laughs> which is uh, it's, it's a festival, but it's got a showcase in Queens. Uh, so it's um, going to be a bunch of uh, female comedians of European heritage, uh, and we do work um, sort of relating to our, to our heritage. So it's I'm sort of run by Coralie Dimitriadis, who's an um, amazing Australian Greek poet, uh, and I'm there talking about my Latvian identity. So ah. uh, that's going to be on on November 14th, I think. But check your fringe guide. <laughs> Check those fringe guides. Um, they're online or possibly in print. Although this year, with um, flexibility, um, some things may not be. I think be... online is best. Is anyone going to? Who would pick up a flyer in this day and age? Well, this is true, of course. So, we'll, um, this year, fringes um, the way it's happened. At least there's something for the environment there. Um, but yeah, check it online. Um, I think there was the possibility that. Um, if there was a, going to be a printed guide that you could still register events after the cutoff for printing this year. Um, Jackie, things, what are you up to? Um, well, I've, I've been sort of getting in, I've created a, I just need to say, I've created a grassroots uh, comedy activist group called Millionaires for Morrison, uh, <laughs> which is based on something in the United States called Billionaires for Bush. So people dress up like millionaires and mock political policy. <laughs> So that that has now I think there's five or six millionaires. Nikki, I'd love you to consider coming on as a millionaire. Same with you, Sally. Um, you need to come up with fantastic names like Rob R A robbery, um, <laughs> uh, pennies never enough, honey into money, and my character's name is Bromwine Budget Slap, um, and and she's the uh, neoliberal uh, or neoconservative. I won't use the word liberal. Neoconservative. Um, we, we call her a sycophant, uh, nasty human being that, that leads this group up. Uh, it's so nasty, it's funny. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I've started that and that's chuffing along. We've been making some videos, which is why uh, both Sally and Nikki um, can see behind me a massive Queen of Hearts from the Wizard of Oz costume behind <laughs> Not Wizard of Oz, sorry, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> behind me. Um, and I'm in two Fringe productions. Um, I'm in Sam, Sam Elkin's production, Let Me Get Something Off My Chest, on the 12th of November at 8pm, and I will be discussing genitalia. Um, <laughs> and my own solo show is called Tardy, Ready and Disabled, which is looking at intersectional identity and basically throwing stereotypes and ableism in the bin and burning them. Um oh. From the 21st, 22nd, 24th, 29th of November at 6pm, so right at the end of the festival. Yeah, well. Calls. Um, few things, first of all. Read so that's them. why my face went big. 
big before. <laughs> Read the Millionaires Club. Give me a pen. Where do I sign? Um, is, my, is my first my first thought there. Um, and um, yeah, second. Um, um, yes, um, oh, well, um, you never heard me say this. I'd better write something for Sam Elkin show, given that I'm in it as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could could help. Um, no, it's in the head. Just has to get onto the the keyboard. And third, are you doing your fringe show live each night, um, live to Zoom, so to speak? There was actually a really huge accessibility issue for me um, in doing that. Is that being under the kind of lights I have to use to film um, are an issue for me because I'm autistic. So ah. I have chosen to pre-record, um, but we're going to have some. Because the pre-record process, I'll have some different versions. So I'm hoping that, you know, there'll be version one, version two, version three, with slight variations. It's part musical, um, part a bit of storytelling and part stand-up. So it's more a variety pace. Um, and uh, the vulva has been put away for that one. Sorry. It might be it might be visible somewhere. but It's uh, a... It's sort of like um, where's Volva as opposed to where's Wally or something. But <laughs> where's the Velva Volva? Yeah, um, I always have to remember to add Velvet because people get really worried. The Velvet Volva. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, we should we should ask: Do you have a, Will your co-star be joining you for the um, the pre-recorded productions? Um, the... uh, yes, Pe- Pepper, the Wonder Dog, the assistance dog, will be around, but. She's actually better when I perform live because she flops on the floor on a rug in front of me. But when I'm at home, it's like, why do I have to be a part of this? I don't have to be a part of this. And then she does things like create sound effects by walking in and out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, you know, at home it's a bit different. But, yeah, she, I'm aiming to have a, there's a bit of her in it. And then she'll probably walk off with a disdainful look on her face. Um, she prefers being at live gigs, this dog. <laughs> <laughs> Likes to be oot and a boot. Um, look, we're just about at the end of the program, and all the music that I had lined up, Ace of Bass, um, a song, <laughs> um, a song by Tom T. Hall called Deal, and maybe the next cards and Ace. Um, what else was I going to play? Um, oh yes, um, Bob Seger's Fire Lake, um, because who wants to play those eights and aces? Which was also a wrestling reference to TNA. Um, and Ace of Hearts, and in fact, they're all still here. So um, if you want to keep thinking about it, we can have one of the, any one of those to close the show. Um, <clears throat> but um, seriously, um, the last few things: um, anything else you wanted to add, and also anything to other Ace slash Aero people out there, um, or in that sort of those spectrums, and also tips for allies um, in any sense, whether it's um, general public health services, anything, anything that comes to mind. And we'll unfortunately have to leave, then sort of leave it there. So um, who wants to go first? Uh, Jackie, you go first. Okay. So tips for allies and medical professionals and all that sort of thing. Mine's mainly aimed at the medical profession. Please don't look over your glasses and automatically assume because someone has low or no sex drive that mm. there's something wrong with them. Let's start from that point of view. Maybe ask if... Maybe, you know, examine it a little bit more closely, gently and with care. Um, and for allies, it's just the general stuff, you know. Uh, be careful you amplify us, not speak for us. Um, or for me in particular, it's particularly one of my pet peeves. Um, <laughs> and I think, what was the other question was like, of other, of course, um, hello, you're out there. It's, it's, it's you know, that's sort of the level of joy of experience since I've been my authentic self is something I want to hand on to them. You know that yeah, this is a, this is a good place to be. So, hello and welcome, and we're out there keeping ace, Nikki. <laughs> um, my advice for people being good allies is please don't assume things about people. I find because a lot of people when talking about sexuality, they run on an assumption of, you know, A, of heteronormativity, but also just on um, the, the concept that people do have sex drive or do have romantic drive. And I find that when I say I'm ace, people will often be like, oh, that means this. Uh, they will leap to their own interpretation of it before asking. Um, so I'd say to, to be a good ally, to... Um, listen before assuming things and especially obviously don't don't uh 
treat anything like this as a problem or to, to knock it back, which is, you know, a thing which we've all experienced, I think. Um, for those who are ace or somewhere on the, in the ace community, I'd also say don't let other people assume things about the sexuality, sexuality for you. Um, don't worry overly much about the labels. The labels are powerful, but remember it's your identity um, and you get to define it. You tell the world who you are. The world doesn't tell you who you are. So, and that's, that's the most important thing to remember, right? Own being yourself. Yep. All right. Well, look, um, just like the last thing, I um, had a comment in from another one in from Hoffler that Oprah has a positive influence and the media can play a significant effect on our lives and societal norms, but it is the old um, use that influence for, well, good and not evil purposes, um, Batpan, but also, you know, try to be accurate in your information, which is part of that as well. Look, Jackie and Nikki, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show as we head into, well, we're just at the start here in Australia of Ace Week. Um, thanks for sharing your experiences. Um, also want to mention the website AVEN, um, the Asexual Visibility Education Network. There are good sites out there. Um, there are groups, um, Melbourne Aces and Canberra Aces, who do good stuff as well. Um, so if anyone needs that, get in touch with um, QLife, including Switchboard for your local Australian area, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Or if um, that doesn't, if you can't get through to them, perhaps get in touch with me or something like that. Look, a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, what are we? Not sure which track to go out with, but um, I think Ace of Base, Ace of Base, okay, Ace of. <laughs> Ace of base. We have we... dog here. Wants ace of base. Ace of base. <laughs> All right then. And can, I just say, can I just say I'm not anti Oprah Winfrey. I'm just anti 1990s information, which at that time was didn't where help. It was going to and that's a fair call. <laughs> Look, Jackie and Nikki, thanks again um, for your time. Um, I'm going to um, just wrap up the show and um, hang on the Zoom for a second. Um, but um, sort of um, just uh, um, having a a technical moment um so we'll just have to work something out anyway thank you once again for your time um we'll take it out today with ace of base by popular demand and thanks everyone for tuning into the show thanks hoffler kayleen and everyone for listening in and i'm sally goldner catch you next week <laughs>